This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't All suck. All right, here we go. We do this on a football Friday, 502. It's really now a baseball Friday. The Eddie Scazzeri, what is up? A winning Thursday for your Metsies and across from me. Well, not really. He's more like 55 miles away sleeping because he went to a show on Red Bank, New Jersey last night. His name is Al Dukes. He's not here. So uh, we'll see him on Monday. He has the weekend off. He had a big weekend, too, because he had the show last night. Uh, then off today, then Bruce at the Garden tomorrow night. So he needs some time to recuperate, takes today, Sunday, and then we'll see him on Monday. Brian Rascona will join me coming up after the break to do the rest of the hour. He will fill in for Al uh, later today. So Major League Baseball with opening day and so many different things on my mind from yesterday. First of all, a sun splash day at Yankee Stadium and mostly good. I'm going to be quite honest with you, mostly good. And I have a little nitpick that I will get to in a moment, but this has nothing to do with the Yankees. Everything the Yankees did yesterday for the most part was outstanding. It was everything you wanted to see. The fact that you got a home run from Aaron Judge in his first at bat, Tremendous. Absolutely dead center field, just clobbered the thing, and uh, he's off and running. First home run of the season, Garrett Cole. You know, it's funny. Al and I were talking yesterday about Cole. If you're going to get to Cole like it was Tanaka back in the day, you get him in the first inning. And when he walks the first batter on four pitches, or the second, I think it was first batter, you're thinking, oh, here we go. I'm going to have this stupid first inning from Cole again. But instead, he strikes out the side. He struck out his first I think it was his first seven, something like that. He was he was terrific. He had the ball moving. Um, he looked like he was in midseason form. And if his pitch count wasn't up, probably goes longer than the six innings, but he gets the win. And the Yankees saw Anthony Volpe at shortstop. I know he went 0 for 2, but he, you know, he played shortstop. He was good. Everything was fine. And you got a two and a half hour. You know, Boomer asked me yesterday. Do I think the game would be over by 3.40 in time to have a little bit of a break and then put the Mets on at 4.10? I said I thought it would, and that turned out to be the case. Two hours, 34 minutes yesterday for the Yankees and the Giants, and the Yankees are off and running with their first win. So that's good. Everything about it was good. The pomp, the circumstance, great crowd. It was chilly, but it was so sunny. It looked great on television. A little bit breezy, so be it. Here's my complaint. And this has nothing to do with the Yankees. So let me be very clear about that. If you're a Yankee fan, I ain't picking on you at all. I have a problem with baseball. And I love baseball, I promise you, as much, if not more than most. I can't take the strikeouts anymore. I really. Yes, it was two hours and 34 minutes. Yes, you got the home run from Aaron Judge. Sure, Glaber Torres homered. And you had a little bit of fun in the seventh inning with some base hits. But my God, 32 strikeouts? Each team struck out 16 times in that game. 
to at one point, and I'm not, I know I get up early. I know I don't sleep well. I fell asleep and missed the third inning, most of the third inning. And I woke up. I nodded off. I woke up because it's strike three, strike six, strike nine, 16 apiece. It is, I, I don't know. I, I find it at times difficult to watch. I really do. You know, it's two and a half hours. The game moved. The pitch clock, whether you like it or not, it, it works. It does. The game, and we'll get to the Mets because there was a pitch clock issue in the Met game that was just bizarre. I kind of understood it, but at the same time thought it was kind of stupid. Um, we'll get to that in a moment. But, you, you know, you've got these games now where guys are going up and just swinging and missing nonstop. And while you got some big swings in this game and the Yankees did what they had to do and they got the win, that was all good. But it's just strikeout after strikeout after strikeout, and at times it's boring. And I don't know how you fix it because on one hand I'm going to sit there and praise Garrett Cole for being untouchable at times. I mean, really, he had Brand- there was one at bat with Brandon Crawford, and you know they're doing the whole thing about he's married to Crawford's sister and they're talking about the family stuff and a Thanksgiving conversation. All that's fun. Meantime, Crawford is swinging and missing at these 94-mile-an-hour pitches that are up around the letters. He can't touch the ball. Michael Conforto basically whiffing at pitches. I mean, a lot of these guys. And it's just, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird one because, again, if you're a Yankee fan, you see Cole dealing, it's great. If you're a baseball fan, it's like, ugh. It's just too much. It's too much. Now, it helps that the game is shorter, but my God, 32 strikeouts, way too much. No idea how you fix it, but something, uh, I guess it is. It's here to stay. It is what it is. It's home run or bust in a lot of cases for certain teams. Now, in terms of the Mets and Marlins, and we'll get into this too with Rascona, um, a lot, all of this stuff. And then I got a lot of baseball oddities. And, oh, yeah, we'll talk about the Devils and Rangers also because big guy's going to be in here and not thrilled. But that'll be coming up after six. But we will talk Devils-Rangers because that atmosphere at the Rock, I mean, that came through on television like it was a playoff game. So that was really cool. We'll get to that in just a couple of minutes. Let's talk Mets-Marlin. So, number one, you've got Max Scherzer outstanding for five innings. Gives up a few runs in the sixth after, of course, the Mets take the lead in the sixth. There was an issue in the sixth we'll get to in a moment. But how about Brandon Nimmo? Brandon Nimmo and the bullpen. Right there, that would be your summary for yesterday's game. Nimmo gives you all the offense you need. Big hit after big hit. Stabs the 3-3 tie. And the bullpen, after Scherzer gives up the lead, the bullpen comes in, and I mean lights out with Smith, Raleigh, and Robertson. This was one of those games where you're thinking, all right, 5-3, we're kind of going back and forth. Now, you kind of got the sense, at least I did, when the Mets scored the two runs, took the lead. I'm thinking, this is not going to be easy. You know, they got three innings to go. Scherzer's done. You know, what are you going to get from the bullpen? And I'm thinking, oh, my God, we are set up for we are set up for the fall in the ninth inning, meaning no Diaz, the Mets play well, Scherzer in line for a win, bullpen blows it. This was Ajita free. The Marlins posed basically no threat over the last three innings, and the Mets in a very pro-Met crowd in Miami get the opening day win. I also didn't see this, but at this point in the game, I was listening to it. I wasn't watching it, and I was listening to Howie uh, and Keith Ratt on WCBS 880, and they said, I knew the seven line was there. They were you know, they were shown on TV early. They had a lot of people, which was really cool to see. Uh, not a surprise. But Howie mentioned 
that Steve Cohen was actually in the middle of the seven-line crowd in the stands. That's kind of awesome. That's your owner of the Mets. And I was thinking back, could you imagine had Jeffer Fred Wilpon done that back in the day? Like, Met fans hate them for the most part. Not every not every Met fan, most Met fans despise the, the, uh, the Wilpons. And you almost wonder if they did something like that once in a while, if it would have put them in the better graces of the Met fan. Probably not, but I thought that was very cool out of Steve Cohen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before I get to Justin Verlander, there was the oddity that happened in the sixth inning. So the Mets are in the middle of this rally where they wound up scoring a couple of runs. You had Jeff McNeil up. Pete Alonzo walks, and you've got a runner. you got first and third, and Pete Alonzo is on first base. Jeff McNeil comes up. It's I think it's I think it's 4-3 at this. Yeah, it was 4-3 because Lindor had the sack fly. So it's 4-3. Mets have taken the lead. And so here comes Jeff McNeil. He fouls a ball off down the left field line. So you're watching the game, and all of a sudden, Gary and Ron and Keith, they're like, what's what's going on? Why is the umpire coming out? And then Gary's like, oh, they're going to reset the clock. Well, no, they're not resetting the clock. They were calling strike two on McNeil. Not because McNeil wasn't in the box. Not because McNeil wasn't paying attention. But they call strike two on McNeil because Pete Alonso took too long to get back from second to first. That's a new one I hadn't heard. I knew about calling a ball if the pitcher was late, calling a ball if the pitcher's wandering around the mound, calling a strike if the batter's not ready at that mark within the the pitch clock that he's got to be ready and makes eye contact with the pitcher. I knew it would be a strike if the pitcher says the hitter decides to just wander around the batting by batter's box and not get himself set. But calling a strike because the guy that just sprinted to second base walks back to first, a little much. That's a little much. I am all for the pitch clock. I think the pitch clock is outstanding. I would like them to, I would say, expand the pitch clock from 20 seconds to maybe 25 seconds in the ninth inning. I think that adds drama. I think that would be kind of a cool thing to do. I know it doesn't sound like much, but believe me, that extra five seconds is a lot. You know, there were times yesterday, I think it was Smith. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it was Smith that was kind of looking in. And no, it was Raley. Raley was looking in, and he was shaking off and trying to figure out what pitch. And I'm looking at the clock on the SNY box on the left-hand corner of the screen, and I'm looking at the pitch clock. I'm dude, make, make a decision here. You're down to three, two. And then finally he shakes his head and steps back to go into his motion, and all was fine. But... I think if you added the five seconds to the ninth inning of the game, that to me would be the perfect scenario. So I like the pitch clock. I'd like to tweak it a little bit. I'm all for it. This to me is stupid. The guy just sprinted from first to second. That seems logical that he's going to walk back to first base. In that scenario, are we really hurting anybody or slowing the game down that much? Now you want to tell me, that he is taking a very slow stroll back to first, 
and he's kind of bubbling out towards the outfield grass to waste time. I get it. In this case, he's walking. There was a shot on social media that I found because, you know, even the SNY feed didn't have a great look at it. Not that when I was watching anyway. There was a pretty good shot that I found on social media that shows Alonzo puts his head down. He just walks back to first base. So that is one thing on opening day that I thought was was odd in terms of the pitch clock. I think fixable, and I think the umpire in that case, the home plate umpire in that case, my opinion, a little bit overzealous with that call. That having been said, two pitches later, what does McNeil do? Ground ball up the middle, base hit, another run scores. So take that in your face. The other thing from the Met game, well, two other things. They did a nice job getting to Sandy Alcantara, scoring uh, scoring a few runs, or at least uh, getting to him a little bit. Uh, he was a little wild, walked a few guys, but they do score some runs, so that was a good thing. Ver, uh, Scherzer gives it up, but does get the win because he left with the lead as they score in the top of the seventh, Smith in the seventh. The other thing about the Mets that's got to drive you nuts, and I heard Sal talk about this at the end, the Verlander injury. I mean, it is unbelievable. The Mets are thin right now with their starting pitching, as we know. You're having this great day, and then you find out that Verlander had this low-grade shoulder strain, and it's his pitching shoulder. And then listening to him, I took two things from it. Number one, he made it pretty clear. If this was August or September and the Mets are in the midst of a pennant race, he's pitching through it, and he's gonna, he's just going he's gonna to deal with the pain or whatever discomfort he has, and he's going to pitch. I do agree with him. It's March 30th, at least it was yesterday. There is no reason for him to push this now if it's going to hurt him later. The one thing we have to remember, as good as these guys have been, are, and can be, they're still 40 years old. And there is a lot of wear and tear on these arms, whether they've had surgery or not. They have thrown a million pitches in their career. And I do think it's the prudent move to not shut them down, but put them on the injured list. Let's give them a week or two. Let's see where we're at and then kind of ramp it back up so that when we hit, my guess would be mid to late April, He's now ready to go, and you've got a healthy Justin Verlander rather than try to press it now and maybe do more damage for later because it makes no sense. The Mets are going to win games. This lineup is really good. Are they the best lineup you've ever seen? No, they're not. I'm not going to sit there and claim that they are. But it's a really good lineup. They're going to put the ball in play. They're going to score runs. And hopefully, assuming Max Scherzer stays healthy, assuming David Peterson stays healthy, assuming that they can get competent starting pitching one through five, they'll win games and they will be okay. But that was the one thing that didn't ruin opening day. It puts a little bit of a black mark on opening day because everything else was fine. You got the win in Miami. You had a great Met crowd in Miami. You get the big hits. Scherzer good enough and the bullpen does not implode. And at least for one day, we don't have to sit there and say, where are the trumpets of Edwin Diaz? Oh my God, World Baseball Classic. We don't have to worry about any of that yesterday. Yesterday was a good day. Three relievers, three innings, one hit, knock them dead, and and all is forgotten in terms, for one day, of Edwin Diaz. The one thing that was really cool, if I can pull it up quickly, because I did not realize this, you know, I, I talk about the strikeouts, and the strikeouts are just, they're nauseating uh, across baseball, that's for damn sure. At one point in this game, if I can pull it up quickly, 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 Eddie, just watch my fader here so nothing pops up. The... Let's see. He, 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 he. There's the one batter on the Marlins, and I'm blanking out on who it is. It's not Jazz Chisholm. It's not him. I want. I want to say it's a rise. It might be. Um, K- uh, Zoo is a rise. The guy on the Marlins who only strikes out or swings and misses six or seven percent of the times. That sound right to you? Yeah, he won the batting title last year. Now, right. But I'm talking about the swing and misses right now. Yep. It was him, right? So they bring up. 
uh, he strikes out in this game in the late innings. And you're thinking, all right, he struck out. But then they bring up the fact that he has struck out, the uh, not struck out, swings and misses the second least amount of times in baseball. It was like 6.5%. Think about that on a day where the Yankees and Giants struck out 32 times. I mean, you want to talk about what a difference in approach and in terms of putting the ball in play. Look no further than him and the rest of baseball. So I thought that was actually kind of cool. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Rascona will join me. We've got some oddities from baseball as well. Um, By the way, Jacob deGrom, game one, not great, although they did win. And then we also had a new shift that was put into play yesterday. Also didn't work, but I have a question for you. Hit or error? We'll get to that and Rascona next. Warm-up show continues. Boomer and Geo at 6 on the fan.